You're listening to Clone Dance Party, Season 1, Episode 6, Variations Under Domestication. Allison decides to take action when she thinks Donnie is her monitor. I'm Bob. I'm Liz. I'm Lynette. I'm Janice. I'm Harold. I'm the guest. Welcome, Welcome Harold. Harold. Hi, Harold. Hi, Harold. Hi. I just love this podcast. I love Orphan Black, but I really just enjoy what you've been doing. So it's been it's been a real pleasure listening to you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. We uh, ask our first time guests how much of Orphan Black they've seen, how they started watching, and if you have any podcasts of your own you want to mention. I uh, first heard about Orphan Black. I think I was listening to a podcast with uh, Ryan McGee and Joanna Robinson. A couple of years ago, and they were talking about their favorite shows from the first half of the year. It must have been 2013. And all I remembered was Orphan Black. I I couldn't remember anything about the show. So when it came on to Amazon Prime, I I started watching it, and I quickly uh, watched the entire first season. And uh, then I quickly rewatched the entire first season. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I started proselytizing. Uh, In fact, um, your first guest, Emily, from the uh, Yes Mother podcast, is, is one of the people that I, I convinced to uh, uh, give it a shot. So I, I've seen the entire series, and uh, I'm looking forward to season three, and uh, I'm looking forward to listening to you guys uh, watch it along with everyone else. Yeah, uh, season one is on Amazon Prime, for those of you that are members of that. I'm hoping to get season two up as well before season three starts, but we'll see. Yeah, it should be up pretty soon. I made a couple of mistakes in the last podcast that I'd like to correct. Mark Shepard does not live in Switzerland. He lives in the U.S. I had him confused with somebody else. And the 42-minute audio feedback I mentioned... uh, Turned out to be on a re-listen only 33 minutes long. So if anybody's shooting for that record, it'll be a little more possible. <laughs> okay, um, Lynette is our newbie. What did you think of this episode? Well, it was really good. <laughs> I just, I can't say anything bad about it. I mean, I haven't been able to say anything bad about any of them yet. And this was, this was great. I mean, everybody showed up, you know. <laughs> Except for Helena. <laughs> and that would have been great, too. <laughs> yeah. That, it was just, uh, it, was, it was like a comedy of errors all over the place. It was fantastic how they just maneuvered everything through that potluck. It was fantastic. <laughs> and, of course, Felix was great. Yeah, I'd, yes, like, Felix. I'd like to see Helena and Vic have a scene together. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> oh Wouldn't that be great? Oh, it would be Maybe he'll fall in love with her. (laughs) (laughs) And Harold, if you can remember your first impression, what was that? I will point out that Harold was the first one to sign up for a guest, and he picked this episode, so this was the first one gone. And you can give your impressions of, you know, the entire series as well as just this episode if you want. Well, I I just love any time that you start getting into these you know, farce-type comedies, you know, where alcohol is flowing and people are going behind closed doors and then those doors start opening up and then they have to shuffle onto the next room and they're they're sneaking around. And so this was just a great version of that and, you know, just fantastic. Plus, I love Allison. So an Allison-centric episode is, is great with me. And Janice? Oh, yeah, this was a great episode. 
I, I can't remember whether I liked Allison my first time through or not. You know, I'm still in that phase where I don't like Allison. And she was certifiable in this episode. She was <laughs> off her rocker. <laughs> Have you lost your mind? I know what you do, Tommy. What? What do I do? You spy. You perform medical examinations on me in my sleep. What? You turn my whole life into a big, embarrassing lie. And you switch oh, no. the files in your special box for porno DVDs. A big boob. Bowie's. But yeah, I mean, like you said, yeah, like comedy of errors. See, like the story moved forward. You had like Paul finding out stuff. It was just terrific. And Liz? I really like this episode. And I feel like we learned some really important things about all of the clones in this episode that are a little under the surface that you don't necessarily like, oh my god, they all wear the same color or something like that. They all medicate. Beth, we know, was on psychotropic drugs. Uh, Allison has happy pills. Sarah drinks. And Cosima uses pot. So they all medicate for something. And I think that's really important to notice. And I thought that the way that they presented that was super sly. Yeah, it's a very good Uh, observation. Mm -hmm. And I really liked Allison just completely losing it because she's so tightly wound to see her completely just blow off everything like that. was really a departure from her character and shows how just stressed out and scared she was. And Delphine... Our sexy little French girl. And just everything with the Neolution gag. Neolution. A philosophy of today for tomorrow. Rooted in our past. In the evolution of the human organism. Neolution hurts my soul. But yeah, this episode. And it's such a good lead in for the rest of the season too. That I just ready for next week. (laughs) (laughs) Good job of biting your tongue. (sighs) <sighs> yeah, yeah. our speculation about what Cosima was smoking turned out to be correct, of course. She yes. said she smoked only pot. I love the way this episode just keeps collapsing one level after the other. <laughs> I it mean, really it's, does. It's bad enough that Allison's torturing Donnie and calls Sarah over to help, but she hadn't realized that the potluck was that day and has to deal with that. And so she's passing out and Sarah's having to deal with that. And then Vic shows up. And then and Paul, Paul shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and Ainsley is having a field day wondering what's going on. <laughs> oh, Ainsley. I dislike Ainsley. <laughs> More or less than Angie DeAngelis. Oh, less. DeAngelis just, I don't know, she just gets my goat. I don't know what's going on with her. I don't know why I dislike her that much, but there's just something about her. But I'm feeling like where Janice doesn't like the new clone that appears, I just like the new non-clone that appears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, DeAngelis, I hate you. Oh, Ainsley, I hate you. Yeah. Well, now, now we have got Dr. Leakey, which, hey, I'm all for Max Headroom anytime, but he's pretty slimy. Sorry. <laughs> No, he he is. And when I first watched it, all I could think of is, Taggart, you lost your accent. Oh, yeah. What happened to your accent? Because he was is- on uh, Eureka. And I was like, why does he always play a crazy scientist? I know. What about the scar? Scar's gone too, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, I've seen kind of from the fandom that people that remember Max Headroom tend to like the character more than people that don't. The character is interesting. It's one of those characters that I love to hate. I'm just like, ooh, do something else that I can dislike. 
<laughs> yeah. And I appreciate the character and what he brings to the show and like his place and everything. But I still dislike him, but I love to dislike him. Yeah, it's certainly easy to dislike him, but he does seem to be a very good scientist. I mean, oh, yes, no he doubt. Can, he can talk to Cosima and Delphine without sounding ridiculous. No, no, definitely. But slimy. Well, but at this point, anyway, we, he seems very committed to his idea about evolutionary design and what you know prosthetics can do. So, I mean, that's one thing in that that's you know t uh, speech that he gives. He he's just so excited about his his opinions. You can see that it's just coming through him how strongly he believes in, in the yeah. uh, you know the possibilities of changing the world with what can be done. Yeah, he says the self-dictated evolution. That just. I don't even know the word that I'm looking for for that. I liked his mocking and aging, falling apart Play-Doh. Yes, that's pretty great. <laughs> that was pretty good. It's almost pretentious. That's. I think that's. It's kind of elitist. Yeah, it is. He's, yeah, he's so like, oh well, we can change it to be, you know, the perfect humans and blah 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 blah, you know, whatever. But with the prosthetics, the prosthetics, prosthetics don't change your DNA, so it's not really evolution. Because you're not going to pass those genetic changes on to the next generation. So, it's a self-directed evolution. Yeah, but that's so not you're evolution. Improving you're improving yourself. Yeah, but that's not evolution. That's plastic surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, evolution takes millions and millions of years, and it creates new species and takes current species into different directions. And, you know, having an implant so I can know a bunch of languages isn't going to give my children that same chance. It's not going to suddenly, in a hundred years, humans are all going to know all languages. That's not how it works. It's not evolution. I think that's why it gets me, because he uses evolution. Like, it's a one-generational thing, and it's not. And that makes me science rage. Sorry. <laughs> One thing I liked was when he was speaking French and said he had a neurolingual chip, and Cosima called him on it. He wasn't mad at that. No. He was impressed that she knew that it was bullshit. You speak French. I have a neurolingual chip. Bullshit. Good. A skeptic. Neural implants are something we're exploring, however. He, d he didn't yeah. confirm or deny. He said they're working on it, yeah. So he may have had, like, a beta in his head, but... He said that he just liked that she was being skeptical. Yeah. Like, like a good scientist. Exactly. So, Lynette, what do you think of the monitor situation? Do you think that Donnie is Allison's monitor or Ainsley or somebody else? Do you think Delphine is Cosima's monitor? Who, if anyone, do you think is Sarah's monitor? I don't know that Sarah has a monitor, except for maybe Mrs. S, an old time monitor, but to broke away and it's not a monitor anymore. I do think Delphine is her monitor, but I have a doubt about that because I don't think that Dr. Leakey is actually connected with them. She just may be a plant for his, whatever his ambitions are. I'm not even sure he's aware of them. He may be. But my first instinct is, is yes, she is She is her monitor. Delphine's for Cosima. And Allison and Donnie, it, you know, it, he came out looking, doing really stupid, looking stupid. And, you know, well, he, how long have you known him? Well, since we were in high school. That still doesn't disqualify him as her monitor. I mean, like, if they were in, like I said before, if they were in financial trouble, they could have got him, wrangled him in to do this. You don't have to have military training, I don't think, to learn how to be a monitor. So he's still a possibility for me. It looks on the surface like he's not, and possibly it's that really nosy girlfriend, but I, I still think it's Donnie. I really do. I think Ainsley's just irritating. 
I think she's just one of those nosy people. You know what I mean? Well, if he's not the monitor, he sure can take a lot of abuse, considering he hasn't had military training that would have, you know, might have provided some, I don't know what you call it, but where, where they get used to that kind of thing so that they can handle it when it really happens. Torture and training. Torture training, yeah. And, you know, any sane person, if their wife flipped out like that, um, if they didn't know, if they weren't a monitor... I would be taking some distance from that woman. <laughs> I would not be jumping back into bed with her and and not worrying that she's going to like slit my throat in the middle of the night. <laughs> but, but he he might feel guilty for something else, whether whether it's an affair, whether it's you know just slacking off and, and not being as involved in this marriage as he knows he should be. So. Yeah, I I think he was feeling guilty. I mean, he talks about at the end in the last scene they have together. He talks about the affair he had with someone. So he could be feeling that and that's why he's not and that's why he's still with her and not like you know out the door well and i think thera as allison scared the shit out of him more than crazy allison hello donnie hello donnie donnie yeah she went right yeah she went right you're right she went right for the basic of it yeah you will not talk to your wife this way anymore she is the head of this family and you don't want to lose that yeah, you don't want to lose your family and your house. Yeah. yeah, I remember my feeling at the time still was that Donnie was her monitor based on that phone call that Allison overheard. That sounded yeah. very much like a monitor reporting. I didn't know what else that could have been. Yeah. I have to agree with you on that. I still That still weighs in my mind, too. I still don't trust Ainsley, but... <laughs> I don't either, but I, I'm not sure what her agenda is about, but I'm not sure it has anything to do with them. Well, is it possible that there could be multiple monitors? Oh, that's an idea, too. Somebody to watch them while they're here and somebody to watch them while they're there. And that brings back the whole thing of what's D'Angelo being a monitor at work, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Huh. Good. Hey, good thought there. (laughs) I wonder. (laughs) All the people you hate are not necessarily monitors. (laughs) (laughs) They're all monitors. They're all just monitors. (laughs) Like I said last week, this is the Truman Show. Everybody is is a monitor. Everybody's a monitor. That was the creepiest movie I ever watched, I think, at the time. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so bizarre. And Paul is a monitor, but he's seeming to be more on Sarah's side now. Yes. Who else liked it when Sarah said clones and he put back the drugged bottle? Yeah. Uh, I love that. Whoa, I need to know this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and she saw him change the bottles, and she registered that. She didn't say anything, but she registered yeah. it. And he, to show his good faith, he drank first from the bottle yeah. and handed it to her. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, yeah, Paul, is really he's really coming into his own. He, uh, he did his whole military stealth mode really well. You know, Jack, where are you going, Sarah, with his toast and everything? That was really yeah. good. <laughs> so is her car gps or did he lowjack her? I don't know. Somebody's got Felix on the radar, too, because Vic figured out where he was at. Well, Vic looked at the computer. Yeah, he left MapQuest up. Oh. Which, why did Felix need MapQuest? He was taking a cab. Oh, why would he take MapQuest? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Vic. (laughs) Oh, Vic. His poor hand. Yeah, I'm. Pretty, uh, yeah, you know, you were just saying, Janice. He takes a lot of torture. Maybe he is a monitor because, <laughs> my God, he's he's always yeah. injured. He's always black eyed or something. Oh, he's as, a mess. As usual, he can't get it right. He thinks that it's going to be a really good idea to try to intimidate Paul. 
Oh my Great. god, yeah. I mean, how on earth is that going to work? Vic is like three foot tall. <laughs> Paul's well, like is- seven foot tall. And yeah, I'm going to push you around. You can have her, but you, you got to give me a cut because like, I'm the tax man. No, no, you're not. Shut up. I can step on you. <laughs> well, obviously, he thinks that Paul is just another scam artist, you know, the same as him. Plus, he has a gun. You know, Vic had a gun. So yeah, but <laughs> even if <laughs> Paul's just a scam artist, he's obviously muscly. Well, he's, he's like a sta- foot yeah. taller than Vic. We've already established that Vic is really not too bright. So, <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to be a scam artist, it's really useful to be a good judge of people. It really is. He's gotten yeah. Allison very wrong, and he's gotten Paul very wrong. You must be Vic. Yeah, and you are. Hey, hey, this is none of your business. Am I talking to you? Whoa, 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 whoa! What's she done this time? Oh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Hey, she works for me. You talk to me. Oh, yeah? Is that right? Whoa. Hey, Vic. Whoa, whoa, okay. All right, turn around. Well, that's probably why he needed Sarah for all the other stuff, because he certainly couldn't deal with it <laughs> when they were scamming together. <laughs> that's why I so much I want him to run into Helena and think she's Sarah. <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't be, oh, it's gonna be, that's going to be awesome. It's got to happen. <laughs> uh, he'd lose another finger. Because <laughs> uh, she'd be hungry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and when Allison was freaking out and Sarah was there, just breathe. I hate yoga. Yeah, I hate yoga. <laughs> I know. I hate yoga. I was like, you would hate yoga. Absolutely, too calming. Yes. Potluck. Seriously, seriously. Okay, you got to kick him out. I can't back out of the monthly potluck. It's my turn. I have no gift bags, no ice, and no bartender because. My husband is tied to a chair. Allison, you need to take a deep breath. I hate yoga. Okay. You need to go up there and just play hostess like nothing's wrong. Fine. You interrogate Donnie. And I like how Sarah felt bad for Donnie up until he started talking shit. And then she was like, oh, no, no, no. Let me tell you. Yeah. What was it you said? Get get your frazzled PMS, and that was about yeah, it. yeah, and that PMS was the PMS. That's when it that's when it happened. She was like, "No dice." <laughs> well, when when people asked me which episode we were doing, all I had to say was "glue gun," and they knew immediately. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the first one looked accidental. It yes, did. It did. But then after that, she decided to really take advantage of it. She really was enjoying it. I'm sorry. <laughs> She had all the uh, different arts and crafts. Uh, I think she had that spinning wheel of uh, scissor, scissors there. Oh, that yeah, she was, uh... yeah. That, <laughs> that yes. was great. I love that when she spun that. <laughs> it was great. It's like, what are you, you going to cut with that? Are you going to give him an extra fancy hairdo? And I love the slaps punctuated by big boob blowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my quote. <laughs> you can still use it. I will. I will, because it's great. <laughs> yeah. It was runner-up. Runner up for me. Did you feel sorry for Donnie or were you thinking he was getting what he deserved? Tell me how it works. How it works? The double blind. Monitoring. Allison, would you listen to yourself? I got up in the middle of the night to watch cricket. Cricket? The South African games start at 4 a.m. I don't know. I just was enjoying her so much. It was. (laughs) (laughs) I. I mean, I felt I did feel bad for Donnie because while I 
I definitely remember thinking he's the monitor the first time I watched this and that he was totally lying to his wife and the mother of his children and the person that he shares a bed with and all of this. And he does deserve some something to happen to him. I don't know that he deserves hot glue gun to the chest and nine iron to the face. <laughs> like, I just... He's just trying to get ready for the potluck and put out his mulled wine. I bought mulled wine. <laughs> yeah. Right? He bought mulled wine. It's mulled wine. I can I help. Can, I can help. <laughs> <laughs> and then, after all, uh, well, I guess in the middle of all of that, he got dropped down the stairs when Allison couldn't hold him. But oh, first, right. she put the, first she put the helmet on him. Right, that was considered. Oh, she was, yeah, that was considered. She was, she was trying to protect him. Yeah, I'm not sure. I really, I don't really enjoy it, the idea of people being tortured because that's like bullying to the max, no matter who's doing it. But <laughs> it was just a great scene. <laughs> well, even if he is a monitor, I thought there was clearly stuff he didn't know, and it was really freaking him out. You know, it was like, a, "Am I sick like the German? German? Who's German?" <laughs> Why do you do it, Don? Allison, I don't examine you in your sleep. Oh, no. No. Am I sick like the German? What German? Who's German? And like we discussed with Paul last week, even if he's the monitor, he doesn't really know what he's monitoring. Right. Yeah, you'd have to figure, if anything, Donnie would know less than Paul. Yeah. Well, you have to wonder, too, if he is the monitor, would they come to the the house to uh, do medical experiments? They could probably just have uh, a regular doctor do that. You know, he could, he could just steer it to a doctor. So you wouldn't have some of the same things that Sarah's experiencing. Oh, that's a super good point. Yeah, I just watched the X-Files episode where a dentist implanted a tracking device in a tooth. So oh, could, X-Files. They could easily arrange something like that. I mean, so you know, well, let me go back to, uh, you know, when there's that scene with Olivier and, and Paul where, where they're talking about how to monitor Beth. And Olivier is talking about how, you know, basically as long as the subject makes her own decisions and, and you just steer clear. So going back to if, if that's what's going on with Allison, I mean, you can see that, that the monitor is basically just there to, to let them know what's going on, what what this subject is doing, and then someone up the chain could be uh, deciding what to what to do if anything. I mean, they're just something in the petri dish that they're yeah. being examined by a microscope, and, and they're, they're just not to actually do anything, just observe. Yeah, and if it right. is a double blind, they're going to want to keep the monitors <laughs> as ignorant as possible. Exactly, and part of the reason Paul was having that conversation was because he was going to drug Beth. Well, Sarah. And he wanted to know, like, how much help do I give her if she ODs again? Because I'm about to force an OD on her. <laughs> and so he was he was trying to figure out how much trouble am I going to get in if the person I'm monitoring dies. And, and they and apparently so, don't care. They, they don't care if she they, kills herself as long as care. it's her own dis- decision. Yeah, I was exactly. going to say, because the original Beth's decision was to walk in front of a train. Right. Or the perceived Beth. I've been on Tumblr a lot. I have more Beth feels. So do you, do you think Beth is another was another clone? Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm really starting to think that the person who stepped in front of the train wasn't actually Beth. Ooh. I'm really starting to think that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, because the um the stuff that Katrin was talking about, Katrin, I went and like looked through all of it, and there's some really good points in there about the. The way the characters are presented, Allison always has her hair down and with bangs. And occasionally, if she's working out, she'll put her hair up. 
and Sarah never has bangs and you know occasionally has the curly hair Kasima always has the dreads whatever when we were looking at the videos of Beth and all of the pictures we've seen of Beth Beth's hair was either down parted in the middle just brushed that's it or it was slightly pulled back if she was doing something fancy that's the only way she ever wore, wore her hair and there was very distinct types of clothing that she wore the woman who stepped off the platform in front of the train her hair was up in a bun she was wearing completely different clothing than what we've seen in Beth's closet that is an in- interesting and, observation. And so, yeah, there's a ton of, like, interesting observations. And the way she took her shoes off, that's a, that's a very Japanese trait. Like, that's a Japanese tradition to take your shoes off when you're going into a new place. And so one of the theories is that she grew up in a Japanese household, this specific clone. And so she took her shoes off to go into the next life, literally to tell Beth or to tell Sarah, who she knew was Sarah, put my shoes on, become the person I've set in front of you. Wow. So it's really interesting. Well, I'll see if I can get some of it. I'll email some of it to you. Cool. Do that. Yeah, it's really cool. I haven't explored the Tumblr Orphan Black stuff. You probably shouldn't. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> don't yet. You can't. Yeah, don't. It's too much. I'll get, I'll get spoiled. Yeah, you'll get really spoiled. Okay. A lot of great scenes in here. I mean, just like one after another. Yeah. So how'd you like Felix being forced to be a bartender in suburbia? It's a gay bartender. That's awesome. Chad, shut your stupid mouth and feed the kids. Uh, the precious, out- his outfit. The outfit. The outfit. It was just the outfit. I love how that's his idea of preppy. I know, and I was expecting, like, white socks and everything. <laughs> and Chad, Ainsley's husband, being so excited over a gay bartender. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. <laughs> He's just, like, inappropriate, slapping her on the butt and stuff. Right? Oh, yeah. Ooh, yuck. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, they're... Oh. I could rant about Chad. Well, maybe he and Ainsley deserve each other. Well, maybe. I yeah, don't know. Maybe there is that. But oh, Chad. I liked, um, I liked I like when Ainsley wanted to confide in in Allison, but it was really Sarah. And I was just thinking, oh, yeah, Sarah really wants to hear this. But she was trying so hard to not fuck up Allison's life. (laughs) I know. (laughs) How do you two know each other? Oh, um, because... He's a... I'm I'm her acting coach, Felix. Ainsley, from across the street. You didn't tell me you were getting professional training, Ellie. Really? Which she totally blows out the window when she tells Ainsley that she's banging Paul. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was great. I have to go get Allison's life out of the fire. Yes, this is my consenting adult male friend. (laughs) Allison is going to be so dumbfounded when Ainsley confronts her about it. (laughs) What? What? (laughs) Well, Ainsley was interested herself. I mean, it was like, who's that? Which one? The impossibly handsome one, of course. Right. So not the urban one? (laughs) (laughs) The urban one. (laughs) And I like that sausage rolls was Allison's quick way out of everything. Sausage roll? <laughs> Burnt sausage rolls. Well, that was Ainsley's fault. She was the one cooking them. Mm. They were burnt. Well, yeah, because she was being too nosy to pay attention to the oven. We're out of crackers. <laughs> Do you have any crackers? How should I know, Charity? Why don't you go check the cracker cupboard? I did like uh, uh, Allison's arts and crafts uh, off-limit sign. Yes. For the basement. Oh, yeah. It was very pretty. <laughs> Very decorative. <laughs> and they had another one of those it's killing me line. Where's Donnie? Uh, he's tied up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Why isn't he helping you with this? He's tied up. That was good too. And Ainsley, uh, don't, 
don't stick up for him again. <laughs> like, we meet again. How bad is this? So who really enjoyed after Sarah and Kasima get off the phone and she says, stay away from the person who you think is about to be your monitor. And Kasima's like, right, stay away. Hi, Delphine. I'm bored. Let's play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing all the clones have in common, they are stubborn ladies. I think she's really curious to find out if Delphine is her monitor. Because it, that, if I'm like a research in it kind of thing, it's like, how is this going to play out if she's my monitor? What is she going to do? Did that, you know, yeah. curiosity. Also, she's really hot. Well, yeah. yeah, that too. But yeah, she's a cutie. Well, it's a good comparison between Cosima and Allison because Cosima is so excited about the prospect of having a monitor. and uh, science! Because science and, you know, hey, if, if, if uh, Sarah can have uh, sex with Paul, why can't she have sex with her monitor? And whereas That's Allison right. is so freaked out over the prospect that Donnie is a monitor. So they lay out a, a neat contrast. Ooh, definitely. But if you're a scientist, I suppose you should be, you know, kind of uh, intrigued by the prospect of having someone who's looking at, after you. I guess Kasima understands the concept of, of the monitor who's going to uh, stay out of her life. Yeah, at the same time, she gets all these uh, perks and fringe benefits. <laughs> and she thinks she has an advantage. Cosima goes into this aware that Delphine might be her monitor. Right. Whereas Delphine doesn't know that she knows. Right. Right. Yeah. That makes it like a triple blind. Or <laughs> triple blind? blind? No, it's a. Uh, it does skew the results, but I don't remember what it's called. It's a fun game, apparently. Yes. Well, what did you think when Delphine, at the end, Delphine shows up in Leaky's hotel room, Lynette? Were you expecting that? Well, I can't say that I was incredibly surprised because, Mm -hmm. you know, out of the blue, I was going to go to this thing, you know, let's go there. And I don't know. It just seemed like an odd place to go to me for people that are into science. She's in science, right? What did she say she was in? I can't remember. Infectious disease. Infectious diseases. I don't know. I just, it didn't surprise me all that much. It really didn't. Creepy leaky. (laughs) Doesn't doesn't, uh, Dr. Leaky's... You know, symposium or whatever it seemed kind of a, more of a pop science than, yeah. than for, for yes. this particular Kasim and Delphine who seem like they're a very high end level work yes. yes I agree it just seemed like an odd place for them to want or for her to want to go I mean I don't know maybe that's what they call entertainment I don't know <laughs> I mean, you know for, for all the fun of the Play-Doh you know uh, routine I mean that that's a, cl- a crowd pleaser you know he's, he's going yeah. for, for the big laugh yeah. no yeah. definitely he is he is a, a sideshow in and of himself well, well, and all that the freaky whole, leakies. Yeah. Oh, I offhandedly said that it would be someone with silverish hair and one white eye. Little did I know. That was your plan all a freaking long, dude. Don't even yeah. lie with that. I offhandedly said something fairly unique that anybody could replicate incredibly easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Build your minions, I guess, huh? I mean, you got to get them some way. Yeah, I guess so. Make them feel unique. Give them something to... A uniform. <laughs> yes. Because that's how you can tell people are unique, when they all wear the same uniform. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Speaking of uniforms, I would kill for Cosima's red jacket. Mm, it's neat. It is gorgeous. Yeah, it's really nice. And at the end, when she grabs the two bottles of wine and has a jog with Delphine, come on, let's sneak these wines and go. That was great. You know how I was saying how they have like distinct traits in them. They're mm-hmm. all starting to show the same traits. Like she's a little bit of a thief now. She's still wine, you know. Right. 
Allison's kind of, well, she's like a little criminal <laughs> right now. <laughs> you know, she's torturing people. <laughs> are, are they all the same or are they all trying to emulate Sarah? Oh, I wonder. Because maybe Sarah's the cool one. Yeah, maybe she's the core. Maybe she's the original or just the cool one. <laughs> I don't know. I think Steve was pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, with being genetic identicals, they would have similar traits, even though they were, there are, uh, as the episode states for us, variations under domestication. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah, so they're they're going to have some similar traits. I think the medicating is definitely, they all have something similar, some weird brain chemistry that causes them to medicate in some form. But yeah, there's bound to be other similarities. Because again, pretty much everyone in this episode was medicating on something or other. Touche. Felix, she was going at it. <laughs> here's your drink, and here's a jug for there's- me, and here's your drink, and here's a slug for me. <laughs> well, the poor guy was in Scarberia. Yes. Scarberia. <laughs> poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> having, having to dress all preppy, take his was- leathers off. I know, those, both those outfits were precious, weren't they? <laughs> they really were. And he knew something about Allison that Sarah didn't about acting. Yes. Yeah. She was surprised when he when he pulled that one out. That was a good, that was a good save. That was. And I think what confused her more is when Ainsley went, "You didn't tell me you're getting professional help." And Sarah's like, "Wait, this is actually a thing." Yeah. <laughs> this is like real. <laughs> I remember the first time when I watched it when Paul goes into uh, Allison's bedroom uh, with Sarah and Donnie and starts like protecting Sarah you know no you know I run this gig and you know I'm running this con and she works for me and all that kind of stuff I was like oh he's protecting her and then he starts hounding Vic for information I was like oh or that makes sense too he's trying to confirm what what she's told him and plus find out more yeah yeah I still think he was protecting her but I think he was going to use that opportunity to get whatever information he could too I agree yeah I really didn't like it when the when the nail gun came out I didn't like that. I was very scared. Yeah, no, and he had it right at his head. I had an ex who actually shot himself in the eye with a nail gun. (laughs) He almost lost the eye. Almost, being an operative word there. Yeah, luckily it just nicked it, but it did a lot of damage. Paul had the gun in his hand, but instead he went for the nail gun, so I guess he knew what effect he was going for. It looks like it. I'm not going to kill you, maybe, but I'm going to make you hurt, and then maybe I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to nail you to this chair. Oh, my God. But I like how Vic still, after uh, you know, he, he gets out of that garage, he still tries to come back. Yes. Yeah. And Vic's obsession with Sarah, that he's quantifying as love, just... Urgh, because that is not love. That is just obsession, and it is creepy and unhealthy and bad for everybody involved, and he needs to go away. And he has this over-idealized, romanticized view of, oh, I'm allowed to act crazy because I'm in love with her. And no, bad, not okay. Yeah. Plus, I think he wants in on her scam. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Well, do you think he'll learn from Paul nearly killing him that he's supposed to go away? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope not. I love really seeing Really quick, that. <laughs> yeah, no, he has no common sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he'll keep on coming back, at least until he meets Elena. Yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> then, yeah, yeah. Elena will be his match, that's for sure. (laughs) Ah, Elena. Elena. I missed her. (laughs) Yep, her absence was the only thing I disliked about this episode. Yeah, I I was thinking the same thing, Bob. I said, all it needed was Elena, and this would have been perfect. Mm -hmm. You'll get plenty of her in the next few episodes. (laughs) No, that's good. 
probably one of the things I liked most about the episode. It didn't have Helena. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, have we established these are the only clones left for the moment, right? The other nine, or, or not the other nine, but how many are there? There's one, two, three, four, right? Four clones. Well, she, okay, Sarah says we've, counted, we've found nine of us so far. So, all right, there's Katia, and there's yes. an Italian. Uh-huh. And the French one. And who's the French and, one? Was there it was Danielle a, oh. Fournier? Yeah, we don't we don't know her. Okay. That was one of the passports. And then there's Helena. Yes. Okay. I think there was an Austrian. There was an Austrian. Okay, an Austrian. So that's five. And then you've got Sarah, Beth, Cosima, Cosima, and Allison. Okay, that's, so that's ten. Really? I think that's nine. Yeah, I Wait. think there are five in Europe and four in, in North America. <laughs> But not all five of those in Europe are alive now. Oh, right. No. Yeah, okay. so, and that's the ones that we have found. That's not saying that that's all there are. Right, that's it's all we know that, of. Right. Were you surprised that Paul believed Sarah when she told him about the clones? A little. Y- you were surprised that he believed her? Yeah, because it's like, that's something that's not real. I mean, nobody, everybody knows that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's pretty far-fetched. And I don't think that Paul has any real knowledge of what the people he's working for are doing. Right, but I, I, he did see Beth and Sarah and Allison. Yeah, it's kind of far-fetched to think that there are three uh, yeah. identical triplets who, at least, and Beth was not aware of any other sister. That would be pretty odd. And then why Why are people watching triplets? Yeah. Anyway, why, why would you have a monitor for that? So I think it makes sense to him. All of a sudden it starts clicking into place of what, what's going on and why he's he's there. Yeah, I, I liked when Paul finds Allison sleeping and jostles her and she calls herself Allison. And he picks up on that and he later calls Sarah Allison when Ainsley's around. And he was thinking that she was Beth mm-hmm. when he first came into the house. That was that's, his first reaction. That's right. He checked her neck. That's right, he did. Yep. So he, he clearly doesn't didn't know what was going on. So I, I think when he when he hears clones, suddenly I think he's realizing he's not hearing bullshit anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's okay. the feeling I got. Okay. How do you think he's gonna react to what he knows? I mean he doesn't know everything yet, but he certainly knows enough. Well, oh, it's so hard to say because I still have the feeling that he they have something holding something over him to make him be doing what he's doing. So I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what's going to happen with with him. I think yeah. I, I'm beginning to think he's a pretty stand up guy. Do you so. think he's trying to get away to Rio was legitimate? Is he trying to break away from that world? I think it was legitimate. I think it was an emotional response to wanting to protect her and himself and get out of there. I agree. Yeah. But of course, now that he knows it's clones, maybe he could uh, leverage it into something better for himself. We'll have to wait and see. It's true. But he may not want to play that hand because he may know that if he knows that, then his life is in jeopardy, too. We'll see. It's, I don't know if he knows how serious all of this is yet. I mean, one thing is certain to me is that, that he has a lot more chemistry with Sarah than he ever did with Beth. So he may be willing to do things for Sarah that he wasn't willing to do before. That's a really good point. Here's another one I'd like to see meet Helena. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. I want Allison to meet Helena. <laughs> oh my god, no, that would be very interesting, wouldn't it? I don't think that would be good for Allison. <laughs> I know, she has that uh, spinning wheel full of scissors, so you never know. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> she might be able to protect herself, yeah. And the pepper spray and the taser. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> if Helena doesn't mind her table manners, you know, there are things she can do. <laughs> so do we think Donnie really had an affair? 
Yeah, I thought so. I mean, yeah. come on, she had lupus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but he was talking on the phone when he was burning the papers, and he doesn't know what happened to her. Who was he talking to then? Remember when he was yeah. burning all the letters? Right. And, he's, and he said, I, I, she had lupus, and then I didn't hear from her anymore. And who in the heck was he talking to when he was burning the papers, the letters? I mean, I don't, maybe he did have a girlfriend who had lupus, but I don't know. I mean... Well, and maybe the two were unrelated. Yeah. It could have been, the fire could have been a red herring. He was burning the evidence of his affair mm-hmm. while doing monetary stuff. Exactly. That's true. I mean, it doesn't seem like their marriage is in a good place, so it wouldn't surprise me that he has had an affair or affairs. But well, whether he, he's a minor or not is another question. He did yeah. say they were broken up at the time. Yeah. But that was before they got married. Yeah. Yeah. But he kept the correspondence with her. Up until she got lupus. And then, I didn't hear, then he didn't hear from her anymore. Clearly you gather from Ainsley that there's been a lot of chatter going back and forth between Allison and Ainsley about what Donnie's up to. Right. Do you think Ainsley's nosy enough that she'll find out about clones? Oh, I hope not. I mean, I don't think... If she's just a, yeah, if she's just a regular out there in the suburbs person, she'll never be able to keep her... Not, she just is too much of a busybody, it looks like to me, if that's what she is. That's why I think it would be awesome if she did find out. <laughs> that would be good. That would be fun, I guess. Now, how do you think people would react if she walked around saying, she's a clone, she's a clone? Do you think they'd probably just say, would you just come with us, honey? <laughs> well, see, she wouldn't be walking around saying, oh, yeah, she's a clone. It would be like, did you hear about <laughs> Alice? No, I swear, this is totally true. She's a clone. Yeah, no, like, really, like, science experiment. Did you guys, you guys didn't know that? Oh, I thought, I thought everybody knew. That's how Ainsley would play it. <laughs> that's true, that's true. Eventually, somebody's still going to say, here, honey, here's this nice little tray of medication. <laughs> yeah. Or a van would pull up and someone would stick a black bag over her head and never hear from her again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bye. What happened to Ainsley? Oh, I don't know. I heard Chad had another affair, and so Ainsley just ran off with her tennis pro. I don't know. Yeah, yeah they're gone. What about those poor kids being shoved out the door every five minutes? Oh, my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shoved out the door in the morning. It shoved out of the, the garage. Oh my goodness! Do they have the same rules in Canada about child actors as they do in the U.S. That you can only use them for like a, basically a few minutes a day. Is that why they're constantly kicked out of the, uh, the show? <laughs> I don't know. Here's your big. Here's your big thing. Come in the door. Go back out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Are you guys ready to act today? I'm gonna shove you out a door. All right. Let's go. Do you think it's confusing for the kids that? Tatiana Maslany is constantly a different person when she's talking to them. <laughs> I don't know. They probably get it. Yeah, they're old enough to get it, I think. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. We did. We hung out a lot at Little Theater when I was that age. And, we, you know, we got it. We understood when somebody was in character. So, yeah. And Kira seems to understand everything anyway. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. We didn't have Kira this episode. Yeah, no Kira. No Mrs. S. Well, it's just as well. It keeps her away from Auntie Helena. Yeah. <laughs> Auntie Helena. <laughs> Got to be a terrifying idea. <laughs> it's very terrifying. I could just see Mrs. S. Nope. Nope. Get her away. Not dealing with this. <laughs> nope. No. So this episode also had a pretty good technical achievement there where they had uh, Allison and Sarah sitting together on the couch. Yes. And Sarah gives Allison a comforting touch at yes. one point. Yeah. That was great. I I thought about that afterward because it didn't register until after I said, hey, how'd that happen? Because that looked real. 
it, it was very cool. Yeah, it's okay. In my brain, a few minutes ago when I mentioned, you know, do you think the kids get confused that she's constantly a different person? It's because my brain at first went, do you think the kids get confused working with so many people who look alike? (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, wait, no, we know that this is only one person. We may know that intellectually, but I still think it's, always think it's a different person. Yeah. I always do. Well, it's just amazing all the different, you know, physical gestures that she has for each character. Right. I was, yeah. I was watching again this time when Sarah tries to become Allison before she goes in to confront Donnie and she's trying to get all the gestures just right and, and she does uh, something with her eyes just the way she she moves her eyes and I instantly said, Oh, that's Allison and uh, Yeah, her eyes are amazing. open just a little bit wider, yeah. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. She deserves well, all of the awards. Tatiana's double actually does get a little acting role herself as a different character later in the series. Oh, good. That's awesome. I didn't know that. But Sarah does do a pretty good Allison. Yeah, she did. Except when she's talked to Donnie about uh, you have to respect your wife. Yeah. <laughs> instead yeah. of me. <laughs> yes. But yeah, Sarah does a better Allison than Allison did of uh, Sarah, I thought. Well, I don't yeah. know. Allison Sarah was good enough to fool Mrs. S. It did fool Mrs. S. That's true. But I, I thought when she was Allison that she was a little exaggerated. You know, she was kind of doing that, you know, kind of funky walk as she was coming into the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but Sarah's Allison was good enough to fool Felix. Yes, That's true. Felix. Oh, shit. I keep forgetting which one you are. <laughs> You, you realize you have a thing on your head. You realize you have a thing on your head, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally thought you were Alison. Have you looked in the mirror? There's a thing on your head. Shit, as they say, is completely sideways, Faith. So, so far we're waiting for Cosima to impersonate someone. Yes. Yes. That's got to happen, right? I imagine. You don't have to tell me, because you won't anyway. <laughs> you are such a better newbie than I would be, Lynette. Ah, well. <laughs> I need to know now. I need to know yeah, now. no, I'm not good with this kind of stuff. <laughs> I have spent years in training as a newbie. <laughs> years and years. <laughs> Did we miss any scenes? I don't think so. I think we covered everything in my notes. We see the art and creepy woman were absent. That was good. Yes. But they were, yeah, that's fine with me. They'll be back. I'm sure they will be. Now, you know, they have a preview at the, at the end of these, you know, so. I know. I keep trying to shut it off before that happens, but. Yeah, sometimes there are, are uh, spoilers in those. It's, it's very frustrating. Yeah. The, yeah. the first time I watched uh, Orphan Black, like I said, I had heard this podcast, and I heard it was a good show, but I totally forgotten what it was about, if they even mentioned it. So it was just in my head that Orphan Black was a great show. So I watched the first couple of episodes. I had no idea what was going on, why there were these identical-looking people. And and then there was uh, at the end of one of the episodes where they had the teaser for the next episode where, where Kasim was explaining about the clones. So I always tell people when you're watching, try and just turn it right off, <laughs> get the sound yeah. off at the end of the episode. Yeah, I, yeah. I always do yeah. that when I'm a newbie. Yeah, I, I kind of uh Again, you're better with patience than I am there, Bob. We did get one of our questions answered, and that Cosima's American. We were wondering if she was American or Canadian, and she's from San Francisco. Oh, that's right. She did say that. She did say. So she then, was. how did Beth find her? What was she doing in Toronto? Well, I thought she came to Toronto specifically to to meet with Beth and Allison and the German, and to get those blood samples. Right. Okay. But that doesn't but that did... doesn't 
Uh, yeah, that doesn't explain how Beth found her. And I didn't think she said she was from San Francisco. She just said she's a little San Francisco because she smokes pot. Oh. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, then again, well, she, they could give me her childhood address and I'd still be like, is that really where she Well, she's going to the University of Minnesota, so she's at least living in the United States. Yeah, to study Evo Devo. Does anybody have anything else? Uh, should we do quotes? Yep. Okay, Harold? He's just Donnie? Eating, farting Donnie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was really good. Lynette? This is Allison talking to Donnie. You switch the files to porn. Slap big, slap boob, slap blowies, porn. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was great. Liz? My quote is when Sarah calls Felix and is like, you have to come help me. And I have to come bartend. And she says, I know, it sucks being my sister. Just get over here. (laughs) Jarvis? Okay, this is Allison talking to Sarah. You're the only person I can talk to, and you're just another version of me. (laughs) Yes, and the little pouty face that she was making. Yeah, I'm not even a real person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, mine I mentioned before. It's Allison and Donnie. Am I sick like the German? What German? Who's German? <laughs> Any backups? Yeah, yeah. I just did it because it's a Buffy thing. And she's talking to... Allison is talking to Sarah. It's Donnie, my husband. I think he's my watcher. <laughs> yeah. I really loved Big Boob Blowies being punctuated by slaps. That was just... <laughs> yeah. Well, this is when Felix and Sarah are on the phone and he, she wants him to come out and bartend. And he says, to Scarberia... And then she says, dress suburban. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love the outfit. This is Leaky talking about how Cosima could have whole new areas of vision. Infrared, x-rays, ultraviolet. You interested? Maybe I'll just start with basic LASIK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, how about Delphine saying, it's really nice to make a friend in the brave new world. A little mm-hmm. on the nose, but uh, it fits. Yeah. Yeah. And then the super sweet kisses that came after. Yeah. This is Cosima to Delphine. I am going to get you so baked one day. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I liked, do you know what us French like to do? After we have a jog, we like to smoke a little cigarette. And Cosima goes, did you just say have a jog? Yeah. I think it's have a jogging. Have a jogging. Yeah, have a jogging. Yeah. 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 That was great. A jogging. (laughs) And I love how Cosima just skips right over the smoking a cigarette after having a jogging and just, did you say a jogging? You did. It's adorable. Damn it. Yeah. Okay, so favorite clone and favorite non-clone. Harold? Well, my favorite clone is Allison. Uh, I love her in this episode, uh, just uh, totally losing it, worrying about the Donnie's her monitor and just going berserk, even though she uh, he's, he's telling her right off the bat that they have this, uh, they have to clean up and they have the potluck coming. And it's got to be pretty crazy for her to blow off the potluck or at least push it out of her mind and, and whack him with a golf club. So uh, she's definitely my favorite. And my favorite non-clone is Ainsley. I just love her. She's a great nosy neighbor, maybe a monitor. I just love her poking around. I don't know how she doesn't figure out that something is up at the end unless she's probably pretty drunk, too. Uh, you know, she just put Allison up to bed, and then she comes out to the garage, and there she is again wearing the different clothes 
you know, again, for like the third time, she keeps on switching clothes. But I guess who, who's thinking clones or twins or whatever? And, uh, and like I said, you know, alcohol, I'm sure, is involved as well. And she's probably pretty excited over uh, catching Allison in, in something uh, illicit. So Ainsley's my favorite uh, non-clone. Okay, Lynette? My favorite clone is Allison because it's just, just she just rocked it. That scene with Dawn, it was great, and then the whole getting drunk at the potluck was priceless. It was just priceless. <laughs> it was love it. Go look in the cracker cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> it was fantastic. My favorite non-clone. I have three because we got some really good, interesting things happening. Doctor Leaky, Paul, and Donnie were all my favorites in this because things happened with them. Really, Donnie. Yeah, poor, poor Donnie. <laughs> Liz. My favorite clone, I picked Cosima because of her jacket. Yeah, she's good to see because of her jacket, huh? <laughs> it is. It is a good, and good jacket. It's a great jacket. I really want one. And because I feel like we got to know her personality a little bit better, even if there weren't any big sweeping remarks about her. And then I picked Delphine just because she's she's not as, as innocent and monetary as we thought. <laughs> Janice? I have to go with Allison is my favorite clone, like everyone else. Just her, her going off her rocker, spinning the scissors, getting out the glue gun, telling. Oh, and I, I like the scene where she's, you know, she tells Sarah she's Sarah's going to have to go in and talk to Donnie while while Allison goes upstairs, and she goes through her clothes in the laundry basket and picks out a shirt for Sarah to wear. I thought that was a really funny scene. Favorite non-clone, I think, is Paul. I I just like his all figuring things out tracking Sarah, following her, the look on his face when he's in the car and he's seeing all these people go into Allison's house like, what? What yeah. is going on here? <laughs> and then at the end when she says clones, he and you know, and he believes her. I, I like that part. Yeah. I always say about how much I like Allison's there's no way I'm not picking her as my favorite clone in yeah. this episode. Favorite non-clone, I had a tie. I mean I love Donnie. I can't not pick him. But, yeah, I thought Paul was great also. I thought Paul figuring out what was going on, you know, talking to Allison and finding Donnie tied up and then incapacitating Vic in about 10 seconds. I really liked that. And I also liked the ending scene with Sarah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, ratings and favorite scene. Harold? Well... This is a great episode. Like I said, I love uh, these farce-type episodes. And when you have a concept like clones, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice if you can't have episodes like this where one person is impersonating the other and uh, there's all sorts of complications that are going to ensue. So I'm giving this 10 out of 10 freaky leakies. And <laughs> my favorite scene or moment is uh, right at the beginning that after Allison has uh, clubbed Donnie with the uh, golf club, that she, she puts the helmet on his head before trying to slide him down the stairs and since she weighs about a third of what he weighs uh, that didn't work out too well it's just uh, genius to me that she she put the helmet on his head first <laughs> that's my favorite scene safety first <laughs> <laughs> all right lynette well i wanted to give this a lower one because i can't just make them all tens you know so i was going to say oh nine nine but you know because there was no helena but i can't do that so I'm giving it 10 dumb white eye contacts. <laughs> it was great. And I know I'm going to have to lower the standard here a little bit because they can't all be 10s, right? But it was it was awesome. It was great. My favorite scene, I have to say, this exchange between Donnie and Allison when she first ties him up and that whole accidentally <laughs> dropping the glue. I'm sorry. I, I should not be so horrid, but it was just 
it was good. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't do that on purpose, but it was like, hey, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to take advantage of this. It works. <laughs> yeah, she didn't do it on purpose the first time. Yeah, but the other times <laughs> she did. <laughs> Liz? So for rating, I have 8 out of 10 red Casima coats. Oh, yeah, the coat. And my favorite scene, anytime Allison was drunk. So, like, half the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Janice? I'm going to give this 9.75 out of 10 headbands used to disguise the fact that you don't have bangs. <laughs> and the only reason I'm cutting it a little is because while there was Felix and there was it was good Felix, it, it still wasn't enough with all the, I, you know, I just, I just felt the lack, even though there were a lot of other funny, great scenes. I still wanted more Felix. And my favorite scene is that scene at the end where Sarah tells Paul clones and he puts one bottle back and gets out the other bottle because he believes her. Yeah, that's a good one. It's just too crazy a thing not to believe her. Wow. Okay, I'm going to give this uh, 10 out of 10 stolen bottles of wine. It's my favorite episode so far, and I almost never do that. I think I gave one ten in eight seasons of the Dexter cast. Yeah. But I love this episode. I, I love... Well, Allison's my favorite character, and I thought Donnie and Paul really took on some new dimensions here. Ainsley was great. The only slight knock I have on it was the lack of Helena, and mm -hmm. that will be taken care of next episode. And my favorite scene was Allison, Donnie, and the glue gun. <laughs> what does that say about us, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I don't know that it puts us all the way to, like, Stephanie Smith, who loves the torture scenes. But. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She does. She does. <laughs> Maybe just like arts and crafts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really jealous of her whole setup. That is pretty awesome, by the way. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Do we have feedback? These are from Facebook. Nutty said, I love this episode. It was so much fun. Okay, I was wrong. Allison is a pill-popping Alki Depresso. Thumbs up. The suburb was so much fun. I loved watching Felix have to, have to mingle. Loved Sarah as Allison. I really like how Paul is conflicted and was totally going to kill Sarah, but he changed his mind. I'm still not sure I trust Donnie. The fact that they met in high school makes it harder for me to believe that he is the monitor, but still, I don't trust him. I knew French Girl was up to no good, but I wonder if she's with a third party. Not exactly with the people that made them or wants to destroy them. Dan Wilson said... I was pleased to see Matt Fewer more or less reprise his role as Max Headroom. I also loved the dark comedy of errors in which the arrival of potluck guests disrupted Allison's somewhat inept but nonetheless frightening attempt to torture answers out of Donnie. By the time Felix arrived, it pretty much went from shades of Reservoir Dogs to full-on Three's Company-style farce. <laughs> Matt Asendorf said, I just want to clarify my earlier feedback. I didn't say I thought Allison is a self-medicating loser. I was speculating that the show was trying to make us think that because they depicted her all alone with a bottle of wine, not just a glass. It's kind of TV shorthand I've seen used elsewhere. She poured wine from a bottle into a glass and the bottle is still next to her. So clearly she intends to drink the whole thing by herself because only alcoholics drink that much alone. Stop it, TV. People can drink by themselves and not be alcoholics. But I forgot about this episode. Now I see that it's a clever bit of foreshadowing. They really did want us to think 
She was self-medicating, numbing her neurosis. So I excused them for that cliched shot in the previous episode because the payoff in this episode was well worth it. Nutty said, I wasn't implying you meant that either. I was just having f- fun with it. Thumbs up. And yes, TV stop. Val Pass said, my favorite episode of the series, hands down. It solidified my love for Allison and is also when I knew for sure she was my favorite. More later. Nutty says, so wait, it's all downhill from here, Val? LOL. Val says, no way, Nutty. There's not one bad episode as far as I can remember. Nutty says, I didn't think so. So far, I think it's going to be a fantastic series. And as long as it doesn't pull a heroes, I'll be happy. Here, here, Nutty. And then Victor DeGrand said, as good as season one is, in my opinion, season two is much better. Be glad you don't have to wait a year for it. Very, very lucky for that, Victor. Okay. Um, We have some audio feedback that I'll try to play. If it's not loud enough, I'll paste it in later. Uh, This is from Matt. Wow, I'm getting my feedback in early. A day early. What kind of weird parallel universe is this? Maybe it's because I love this episode so much. I know everyone says that. They probably, oh, this is the best episode. That doesn't mean it's all downhill from here, folks. It just means that this one has a particular quality about it that makes it really stand out. Orphan Black's a pretty serialized show, but I think if you took this episode and you showed it to somebody who had never seen this before, they could appreciate the uh, the farce. Uh, it, like Ainsley taking Allison up to the the bedroom and then coming downstairs and I just I just put you to bed. Well, I got up. That's uh that's good comedy right there. They could adapt this script into a stage play and you would be laughing because Allison is just hilarious. She is so high strung, neurotic, tightly wound. Pick your your adjective. She is a wacko, and I love her. If I knew her in real life, I'd hate her, but in this show, I love her. She just goes all in. She's... Donnie, poor Donnie, she whacks him on the back of the head with a golf club and then ties him up and then proceeds to torture him with a hot glue gun. Just, she has a sneaking suspicion that he's her monitor, and she just goes to town. Like, there is no, um, there's nothing in her brain that says, uh, Allison, let's play this a little stealthily. No, she just jumps straight in. Consequences be damned. And uh, why does she have so many pairs of scissors? There's like 20 pairs of scissors all in one location. Like, I have three pairs of scissors, three or four, but they're in different rooms. She's got 20 in one spot. I don't understand that. Uh, A lot of 90s boy band pop music in this. Love Fool. The Spice Girls. I guess this is what people listen to in the suburbs. But in 2013? 2012? 2013? And her podcasters, are you, are you leaning toward Ainsley now as Allison's monitor? Do you still think it's Donnie? Could it be somebody else, maybe? Because, yeah, she's, she's known Donnie since high school, but that doesn't mean that somebody couldn't have made a, an overture to him to spy on her or perhaps uh, orchestrated their, their coupling. <laughs> I don't know. If that's a weird word. Um... Ainsley may be her monitor, or she just might be a real busybody, because I'm kind of getting that impression. It's really funny how when she wanted to c- confess about her husband, Chad's infidelity, she, she started crying, and then she was like, Allison, sit down next to me. Come on. We're doing a, we're having a moment here. And she had my quote of the episode when Chad said, oh, gay bartender, that's awesome. She says, Chad, shut your stupid mouth and feed the kids. 
In the other main plot line, we had some Cosima Delphine action, and we met Dr. Leakey. I'm not a great fan of Dr. Leakey or Matt Frewer, the actor who plays him. I've seen him in other stuff, and he always gives me the Wiggins. He was trash can man in the stand. Just creepy as fuck. But um, the the freaky Leakeys remind me of the, um, the characters in the Hunger Games who live in the capital and have surgeries that uh, cause them to look like animals. They festoon themselves with feathers and tails and, and weird things. So that's kind of, when I saw the Freaky Leakies, that's what I immediately thought of. I wonder if I'm the only one? This voicemail is running long, so I better wrap this up. This episode really just stands out, and yet it also advances a lot of the plots. I love how the episode brings Vic and Paul together in this insane situation that Allison has created for herself and for Sarah just by her inability to control her emotions. And I'll give this one a 10 out of 10 sluts from spinning glass. And I'll talk to you soon. Take care, everyone. (laughs) And this one is from Sandra. Hello again, clone dance party people. And boy, am I excited to listen to you talk about the episode where clones and their lives collide and everything goes insane mostly Allison, because there's so much to say, obviously, and I don't want to make this audio response as long as last week's, but I have to say that a craft room turned torture room is pretty friggin' sweet. And Allison looks like she's had these kind of twitchy, violent things in her since we first met her when she first met Sarah and was waving a knife around in nervous angst because Sarah dared show her face in front of Allison's children. And we really took this to a whole new level this week. Uh, Glue guns as a torture instrument make perfect sense to me. Those uh, cutting the shears, the scissors, the fancy ones that I own and can't remember the proper term for right now. When she picked one of those up and it looked like it was maybe a scallop cutter and I thought, wow, that could be really an interesting way to go, cut a pattern into them or something. But they're also not that sharp, so there's that. It does make me rethink possible uses for my circle cutters and whether or not I should keep them locked up if I ever plan on having my house broken into by a crazy crafting person. But obviously plenty to talk about here. Cosima and Delphine, we have their relationship getting very interesting, and I'm wondering where that will go and how Dr. Leakey will play a part in it, because this all seems very strange. But the last thing I wanted to mention is that I noticed, because I was a child of the 90s, and this made me so, so happy, that most of the episode being focused on Allison and Allison's suburban life The soundtrack was so fantastic because people are arriving to Allison's house for a potluck, a neighborhood potluck, which is so suburban. And Spice Girl's wannabe begins playing as they're walking into Allison's house and everything is going insane because she's not even dressed or ready or whatever. And it's the Spice Girls playing. And then a little bit later, This Is How We Do It is playing over the party. And then finally, we hear Love Fool by the Cranberries as Donnie is being tortured and, you know, they're trying to figure out whether he's actually a monitor, whether he's not. And the soundtrack is just so fantastic for Allison's life. I mean, those songs bring me back to my childhood, to growing up, because I'm the same age as the clones, actually. 
and I couldn't let it go without mentioning, and I believe this type of soundtrack choice, the way songs from a certain time period are used to kind of highlight one of the clones in her lifestyle and kind of in her element, because what is more suburban than having Spice Girls highlight people arriving to your potluck, I think choosing songs from a particular decade and style could be used to differentiate the clones, and it could be really interesting to see what types of music the other clones have as the background soundtrack to their lives. I mean, we've established Sarah as a punk rock hoe, so what type of music should Cosima have playing in the background of her life story? What should Helena have in the background of her life story? I think it'll be fun to find out. Okay. Thank you all for the feedback. Yes, thank you, everyone. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, I think she made a great point there about the music. You know, the Spice Girls is, uh, and these other songs really fit uh, Allison, and there's going to be uh, something to look forward to uh, more in that vein coming up in the next few episodes. And, uh, you know, each each uh, clone does have their own music. We've seen Sarah, of course, with the, the Ramones, I think it was, uh, and uh, the specials. Uh, LP that she's looking at at uh, Mrs. S's house, and uh, I know we're going to get her own music later on, I believe, for uh, for Cosima. So it, it's it's a very good point. And he'll probably be grunge. <laughs> and the Clash T-shirt for Sarah. Yeah. Thank you again, Harold, for joining us. Do you have anything you want to mention about where you can be found online or whatever? No, no, you can you can find me uh, here, <laughs> sending you feedback and uh, <laughs> various other podcasts. Okay, then join us next week for Season 1, Episode 7, Parts Develop in an Unusual Manner. And until then, remember, Vic, you have to learn when to give up. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Bye. I'll never never give up. Bye. Thank you once again for having me. Goodbye. Uh, Allison? Why am I tied to the chair? Shh, shh. Tell me what was really in the box, Donnie. What? Your special box. What was inside of it? Are you out of your mind? Untie me. No, Donnie, I have questions that need answers. Come on, Allison, this is insane. Hey, I need you. What's going on? Um, I have a situation. What kind of situation? Just get over here. Right now. You might want to sit down for this. Uh, I'll stand. Thanks. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Who's that? Uh-huh. Donnie. Uh-huh. Who's Donnie? He's my husband. Uh-huh. What? I think he's my watcher. Uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Alison, what have you done? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hello? Uh-huh. Who's that? Oh. Uh-huh. I completely forgot. You know, it's a very French thing to do. What? After a jogging like this, we like to smoke a nice little cigarette. Did you say a jogging? <laughs> yes. You did. Okay, just checking. <laughs> you smoked, you want one? Uh, no, just pot. Mm, Ooh, really? 